With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look in that tall building over there. Who's that in the window? Waving at you. It's me. Hello, friend. It's time to fall asleep. Hey, fun fans, it's another episode of We Enjoy. This week is actually Zack Snyder's We Enjoy. Did you know that, Eric? I didn't know that. Is this going to be our first four-hour episode? It's our first four-hour episode. It's also uh, people with very discerning ears will be able to, to pick up that we are actually in 4-3 uh, to preserve <laughs> the integrity of Zack Snyder's creative vision. Yes. So and if we sound a little more square... Women uh, sniffing our sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great, though. Okay, that's spoilers for that. Let, let's not spoil the most sensual Snyder. scene from the Snyder Cut right out of the gate. Uh, we are the Mattitude Eric. I am Matt Fowler. Say hello, Eric Oldman. Hello, everybody. It's a busy week with comic book things coming out. We're beset on all sides by superheroes. <laughs> from both universes, the prominent ones. Yeah, <laughs> with, uh, with Marvel and DC and both camps at each other's throats. Because you can't like two things. <laughs> it's impossible <laughs> in this climate of fandom. Okay. Um, we are going to talk, because Eric deemed it so. Uh, Russ, I'm sorry. I know you've been pushing and pushing for Leprechaun so hard. And this was the time to do it, right? Because St. Patrick's Day was this week. Uh, we could have done it this week in the main event. We could have. Uh, we didn't. Because Eric is such a completionist that we have to do the RoboCop animated series, both of them. Yeah, get to. Get to. <laughs> get to. We are of the privilege of covering both animated series in the main event today. So we will talk about RoboCop, the 1988 cartoon, and RoboCop, uh, actually, Alpha. colon Alpha Commando from 1998, 10 years later. And that'll be our main event today. And we're going to do some news, and we're going to have some good things to enjoy, to recommend to you. And... Then we're going to get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. And uh, we are on Twitter at the Matt Fowler and the Eric Goldman. And the podcast is at We Enjoy Podcast. We have a Patreon where you can give us $2 a month. That would be so nice of you to do. And you can get a commercial-free version of this podcast because commercials 
are terrible. Uh, even though you and I were raised with commercials and don't really mind listening to them or seeing them as much as maybe some other people in a different generation. Yeah, or or my wife. <laughs> she, or or yeah, <laughs> she really hates them. I think I've, I think I've told you at least. Or I can't remember what I've said on this podcast or not. How it's like she's discreetly upgraded our like uh, CBS <laughs> All Access before it was Paramount Plus because she just couldn't deal with the commercials. Uh, all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, but was, commercials were so prominent for us growing up that we would remember them and remember characters well, now we're, from yeah, them. We're very nostalgic about them, and, and I will watch YouTube videos of old commercials i grew up with <laughs> eric reacts to old commercials from his youth yeah that's gonna be our main event one day just like watch it should be we'll YouTube, just we're gonna watch this all clip of like best of 1985 commercials no but we gotta do it franchise style so we gotta watch all the dunkin donut commercials with the time to make the donuts uh, yes yes okay i like it i like it we'll, we'll, then we're gonna do all the zach the lego maniac commercials it's so sad how he descended into madness though <laughs> i think he's at oh. arkham now yeah, I mean, he's going to be the villain in the Matt Reeves sequel here. Yeah, that's the guy. It's not Riddler, and it's not like uh, it's not any type of serial killer. It's just the Lego maniac. Uh, <laughs> exactly. In the news this week, speaking of mysterious murders and mystery, Eric, do you like mysteries? Do you like murder? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about real life murder. Although there, I guess there are people into it. Uh, that Saturday Night Live sketch was very funny about the uh, the women who love the murder mysteries. Um, but yes, a murder mystery, a fictional one. I'm into it. All right. Uh, how do you, do you like Ryan Johnson? <laughs> um, I, by the way, this is totally fine. I'm being just uh, totally uh, transparent here that I literally just put in our notes. Like, I think we could skip this one. No, nope, so I'm starting okay. with it. I don't look at the <laughs> notes. What am I? Tell me when I'm supposed to have a cutoff for the notes, Eric. For like two I mean, seconds I, before I we start. You. I'm looking at them live. I am like in the moment, looking at them online. I am not. Uh, I am not like literally looking at you editing the Google Doc right now. <laughs> I, have a, I have a cutoff point, Eric. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry if you roll in late and you're like, want to edit the news. <laughs> All right. So do you like Ryan Johnson or not? I take that as a no. Yeah, yeah I do. It's because you I hate do. Last Jedi, right? I, I, I don't What a Mary that. Sue that Ray is. I like, and I don't, I like Last Jedi and I love Brick. I really like Knives Out, uh, but I freaking, um, big Brick fan. Uh, so Ryan Johnson plus mystery. And wait, wait, do you also like Natasha Leone? I do. I think she is a funny and unique presence. I'm a big fan of Russian Doll. She's funny on Twitter. What's not to like about Natasha Leon? All right, so now put all three of those together, and you've got a, a uh, upcoming Peacock series in development that is going to be a murder mystery starring Natasha Leon, created by Ryan Johnson. Uh, uh, it all reminds me of the Super Yaki shirt. It's a Ryan Johnson whodunit, duh, uh, that's very good. Um <laughs> And Knives Out is great. He, so he's developing that as well as also doing the Knives Out 2 stuff that he's got to do to get that stuff off the ground. So, <laughs> see, you can say skip it. We literally, that, was, that was a minute and a half of our lives, Eric. I guess. To tell I, people, I, I just knew I didn't have much more to say except looking forward to it. <laughs> to tell people that Ryan Johnson's got a, a mystery series coming with Natasha Leone. And uh, maybe some people out there listening to us hate Ryan, Giants, Ryan Johnson with a passion and want him to stay away from Star Wars. And that just made them all angry, and they're going to go punch a wall. <laughs> I don't know. We're just trying to make people feel things here. Sure, sure. Okay, uh, Eric, do you like... I'm, I'm not going to do every news story like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Justified fans may have something mm -hmm. to look forward to, perhaps. Mm -hmm. 
Again, I think they have something to look forward to no matter what. Just I know, but the, but like, I'm not saying Elmore Leonard fans. I'm saying like Justified fans. I Meaning know, but I'm just I'm the saying show... Elmore Leonard and the people who made Justified. So yeah, I know. <laughs> but if you're a Justified fan, you're going to be way more excited about the fact that Timothy Oliphant is playing the character of Raylan Givens than just sure. something is created by the makers oh, yeah. of Justified. You want the guy in the hat, yeah, right. And yeah, and I and I don't mean Eric from the real world New York with his, with his many hats. I did mean that, but okay. <laughs> Uh, we, Eric and I were talking a little bit, uh, or messaging each other about the, uh, what is it? Homecoming? Real World New York. Homecoming. And, uh, just looking back at the original series, the first season of the Real World, and, uh, how both of us forgot how many hats Eric Neese wore all the time. He did. He was very hatty. Yeah, he was very hatty. And very catty. Mm. The team behind Justified is reportedly developing a new TV series that could, that's what I'm saying, they possibly have something to be excited about, could bring back actor timothy oliphant as Raylan gibbons now they're developing a, a leonard book called city primeval colon high noon in detroit and while gibbons is not a part of that book it doesn't mean he can't show up because elmore leonard is uh, its own crimey verse there's an elmore leonard verse within literature yeah and gibbons has appeared in several stories of elmore leonard so yeah. they're like why not bring this guy back and they're they're our talks right now, but that's all that's happening. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because I don't think they, again, I don't know, but I don't think they, they would kind of like replace the lead character of that book with Raylan. It sounds like there's a way that you could put Raylan in it. And so it might be like Raylan is here like a supporting character or comes in for a part of it, which I totally before, um, you know, versus it being like a new show centered around him. I don't know if you saw it, Matt. I thought it was very funny the other day to hear that Bosch, which is ending, is going to get a spinoff centered on Bosch. <laughs> and I'm always like, is that Is a it him opening a gelato shop? Because <laughs> that's like when um, Dexter had just ended and they kept saying Showtime wanted a spinoff about Dexter. And I was like, okay, well, that's... And good. then they wanted one about uh, Yvonne Strahovski's character where Dexter could show up. You know, but, that, but that's that's a spinoff. But yeah. that's a spinner. But um, yeah, but but, but uh, Archie Bunker's place was technically a spinoff. Oh no, the, the it, it's happened before. I just always think it's funny when the, when that's a possibility. Uh, but well, yeah, you're right. I, it is funny, Eric. <laughs> it is very funny. Uh, but yeah, I I love Justified. Uh, so that that team doing more Elmore Leonard would get me excited no matter what. Uh, the fact that it might have Raylan Givens return, Timothy Oliphant return has him, is really cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wall po- pointed out something interesting about how how you could bring Raylan Givens back in 2021 or 2022 or whenever this series gets off the ground, which is the fact that this was a character who, uh, literally the name of the show was he would look for ways occasionally to kill somebody legally as a yes. <laughs> as as a law enforcement official uh as mm-hmm. a US marshal and how uh that's it's not quite the culture for that type of TV that type of cop show uh these days so maybe it could be addressed actually yeah uh, i mean well alan was saying how you know maybe you shouldn't bring him back but then i think the counter to that is if you do you address that you address it did you watch well, fargo th- season 4 no i haven't seen 3 or 4 yet oh. um one oh. day Wow. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Oliphant is in it as a um, marshal. So, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> He's in it as a as a Mormon marshal. What? <laughs> Shocking! I knew he was in it, and he—I mean—he definitely has a type of character he plays. Um, but yeah, I think there is a way to do it to bring him back and and sort of address that that uh, 
you know, sort of, you know, justified. It's not like justified is in the ancient past, but we are kind of quickly evolving with the times. Look, I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like having to like evaluate how they're going to handle the final season being like a show about New York cops. Like there's a lot of shows that have like had to have this conversation or decided to not. Uh, but I feel like the people who made justified would want to address that. Uh, and yeah, the whole Leonard verse and uh, was it um, uh, Michael Keaton playing the same character uh, in uh, Jackie Brown and Get Shorty? No, you know? out of sight. Out of sight. That's right. Um, and then of yeah, course, Ray. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he played the same FBI character. Yeah. Uh, the ever complicated thing of when they split up rights um, and the fact that they couldn't call Carla Gugino Karen Cisco when she was on Justified, even though it was supposed to be Karen Cisco. So they had the joke about her like changing her like, oh, you have a different last name because you know she played Karen Cisco in the TV show. The idea was this was still Karen Cisco, but you can't legally call her that. So for so those who have seen out of sight but don't remember jennifer lopez jennifer lopez's character was karen cisco played by carly gugino on a cbs series abc, ABC that lasted one season and so then when she appeared in an episode of justified yeah it was heavily implied that she was cisco it was uh, a stealth crossover because legally they couldn't make it an official crossover that's how they just should have handled uh the silence of the lambs for hannibal season four <laughs> just made it so like shitty and stealthy Right, right. Like he's like, oh, it's cut. No, no, I go by Stacy. Yeah, <laughs> Stacy Starling. That's my nickname. Just call me. That. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, Game of Thrones. I thought we were done with uh, the talk of all the spinoffs because they've got House of the Dragon coming, and then there's already you know they already nixed some of the spinoffs that they had uh, that were they had in development right as Game of Thrones was ending. House of the Dragon survived, and they're still talking and, and, and about... And they nixed the one that they actually filmed the pilot for. They did film a pilot that's not going forward, and they're still talking about possibly doing a Duncan Egg series based on those, like, novellas. Uh, but now they've got three more in the works, Eric. They're tripling down on Game of Thrones. The network has set up three new projects that w- would serve as prequels to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. One project has the working title, uh, 10,000 Ships. It follows Princess Nymeria an ancestor of House Martell and founder of the Kingdom of Dorne. Then uh, another project is set in Flea Bottom and the shady labyrinthine slum of district of King's Landing, which was featured in all of the seasons of Game of Thrones. And then the final project is being developed by Rome creator Bruno Heller, also Gotham creator, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, with, working ti- with the working title Nine Voyages, and the series would follow Lord Corliss Valerion also known as the Sea Snake and the head of House Valerian. Sure. But Lord Corliss Valerian is actually set to appear in House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. So it's a spinoff of this spinoff, it sounds like. <laughs> called oh, called oh. Lord Corliss's Place. And yeah, he's opening I mean, a gelato I, shop I in Flea Bottom. I don't have too much to say here about this except to, you know to slightly repeat myself when we talked about it a few weeks ago. It's like Game of Thrones is not dead to me just because I didn't like the final season. I'm up for seeing a cool prequel spinoff. If it's a cool prequel spinoff, I think we just have to see one and see how it is. I hope they don't get ahead of themselves and be like, let's order 10 shows like they're doing with Star Wars right now, which is no matter what you think about you know the, the sequel trilogy or if you don't like parts of Star Wars – Clearly, Star Wars has shown it can sustain itself with multiple property spinoffs, titles. Uh, Game of Thrones needs to have this one show first premiere and to see how it is and to see if there is an appetite for more. 
I, I, I suspect that's kind of where maybe that animated show might be actually happening. We don't know. But these other ones I'm hoping are kind of just in development and they're going to wait and see. Um, I'm not against any of them in a like, no, it shall never happen. But if they were to say all five of them greenlit and they're all premiering next year, I would say that's a concerning. Uh, uh, so, I mean, uh, if, if Game of Thrones had stuck the landing, I sure. would be like, yeah, juggle all these these spinoffs and and it would seem a lot more feasible but they left with uh red in the ledger you know so (laughs) uh they left with uh if not negative goodwill they left they they sort of sapped the goodwill that they had built up over all those seasons maybe uh with a zero sum balance in the end you know what i mean yeah Uh, certainly not enough to warrant this like one spinoff seems like enough right now yeah yeah uh, exactly. So let's see how that first spinoff goes. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens after that. Okay. Um, on April 2nd, Star Wars The Clone Wars Volume 1 and 2 will arrive on Disney+, Plus, along with Star Wars Ewoks Seasons 1 and 2, and Ewoks The Battle for Endor. And uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars is known because... Uh, so this was... The first Clone Wars animated series. Wait, not the, just Clone Wars. Oh, this is just, yeah, this is just Star Wars colon Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's from uh, Gendy uh, Tartakovsky, yeah. who is known for Samurai Jack. Right. I believe mm-hmm. I said it right. But he's, I think it's, did. It's known for Samurai, he's known very much for Samurai Jack. And then I think there was a new show that came out a few years ago called Primeval. Is that correct? Uh, I know he had a different show. show. Yeah, I think that might be the name of it. Sure. Anyway, he has a very, very distinct animated animation yes. style, and that is uh, so. Those that seasons one and two are coming to Disney Plus uh, uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really a, a deluge of a kind of most of the missing stuff that was conspicuous because it was all the stuff that is now considered not canon in Star Wars. And so, yeah, they're getting the Ewoks animated series. They're getting the first Clone Wars animated series. Uh, the shorts, they're getting the Ewoks live action TV movies are all coming. The only thing not coming is droids. And, well, there's two things not coming. Droids isn't coming, which is weird if they're getting Ewoks. There's got to be a legal thing, I'm guessing, that's holding up droids. Um, and they're not getting the Star Wars holiday special, which, you know, I bet I'm betting Lucasfilm, if he put explicit instructions to never release something, it would be that because, you know, he legitimately hates it. Except they are going to have the animated short that Boba Fett was introduced in from the holiday special, which is the only thing legally they've ever re-released. It was on one of the Blu-ray sets. Uh, so that that will be on there, too. Um, I think it's cool. It's just like it's, it's a piece of Star Wars history. The Clone Wars shorts are the best thing on there. And I love them. I love like, to me when, when the Clone Wars began, it you know, just shows you, Matt, again, how people hate things until they don't. Like, you know, when the Clone Wars began, people were like, oh, I hate Outlooks and it's not going to be anywhere cool as, as those shorts. And now people worship it and, and they're like, oh, it's the best of Star Wars and Ahsoka's great, all of which I agree with. Um, but it is funny just to look back on how it was always being it was being compared to the shorts so much. And, oh, the shorts were so much better and everyone was more powerful and cooler. Um, I liked the longer Filoni show more. Uh, and it's the one I have more emotional connection to. But those shorts are awesome. And even though I don't think that the Jedi should be as powerful as they are in those shorts, where like Mace Windu basically like destroys thousands of battle droids by himself, it's fun. It's like a cool thing to watch as like an, an-, an animation, and it doesn't have to be canon because that's okay, guys. Just enjoy the cool thing. Uh, and now people can on Disney Plus. Maybe we should rename <laughs> the segment "Good Thing to Enjoy." Just en- just enjoy the cool thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey guys, just enjoy the cool thing. It'll be a subdivision, yeah. Um, speaking of Disney, uh, the ho- uh, Disneyland Resort is going to be reopening 
uh, coming up on, what is it, April 30th? Uh-huh. Yeah, and then the hotels, the Grand Floridian uh, Hotel and uh, and Spa is going to open on April 29th. And then the Paradise Pier Hotel and the Disneyland Hotel will open sometime in the future, but no date's officially announced yet. So that's got, you know, thousands of people are going to go back to work at Disneyland. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the climate's like out there in L.A. at this point, or Calif- Southern California, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so good, bad, I don't know. You going? It's, I mean, it's, it's all it's all up to, you know, vaccinations. Yeah, and, and, and I won't go until I'm fully vaccinated. I miss it greatly. Like, if, if you know me or if you follow me on social media, you know that theme parks and Disney, in particular Disneyland, big part of my life. And I had an annual pass, which right now will not even be a thing, uh, and would, would go at least once a month. And so it's, it's the second thing. It's funny, Trish and I differ on this slightly because – Disneyland is the thing she misses most that we haven't done last year. For me, it is movies because I think that's well, just – Well, she worked of, at Disneyland too. She worked at Disneyland and she just doesn't have as much – she loves the movies but not like me. Not like – you know, I go to the movies almost weekly. Um, so – but Disneyland would be second for me and I miss it greatly. I definitely want to get back there. I do have that weird – you know, we don't have to go way down this rabbit hole of like are we reopening things too fast and people need to be still wary and it scares the shit out of me when I see like St. Patrick's Day like – packed bars because i'm like we're not there yet you know we're not there yet we are so close to being able to be there and i just want people to be like can you just wait can you just wait a couple months as those vaccines roll out more um and i get that people are so stir crazy especially because we hit a full year uh so yeah i'm happy to which i almost am able to fully mark almost by Mm -hmm. when i started playing animal crossing right right. because animal crossing's uh one year is today to, to me, I have that really funny distinct one of my back surgery because I had it on That's right. Mar- March 16th, the first day of full lockdown quarantine. Uh, and, and it was like a ghost town going out to get my surgery that day. Uh, but like yeah, a special I, song? Yes. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> which was played in Natural Born Killers, um, which is where I first heard it. Um but yeah, so I'm excited Disneyland is reopening has like a symbol and has a like, oh, wow, we're getting back there. I'm also mission wary accomplished. Cause I, yeah, because it is not mission accomplished yet. Uh, so, yeah, I, but I know they're, but I also do. I do know they're going to have like, you know, severe like, you know, um, um, limits and whatnot. Uh, there was that shitty deadline tweet where because and they, they like they did it in the most sensationalistic way, which is like Disneyland might reopen like 66 percent higher capacity than originally said and what they what the, really was if you read it was instead of opening at 15 percent capacity they might open at 25 percent capacity so it was like a tweet that was meant to get you going like they're opening at 66 percent capacity um they're not 25 again and i understand if you're like they shouldn't reopen at all yet just yet uh mileage will vary uh, but I, I have heard, for what it's worth, people who've gone to Disney World that, like, they feel, like, safer there than a lot of other places um, because Disney. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The last thing Disney wants is to be, you know, the center of an outbreak. So I think they're trying their best to abide by the rules. So I look forward to returning to Disneyland in the not too distant future. In the not too distant future. We're just going to sing in a lot today. I'm far. I like I like random singing. You like musicals. I do. Uh, you also like Yafit Koto. You know who's awesome? Yafit Koto. Uh, Yafit Koto. Man, work an actor for years yeah. and years. He just passed away. Very sad. Um, can't remember. He was 80, 81 or so. I think he was 81, yeah. He appeared in uh, some favorite genre films of people, you know, about our age, Eric, you know, growing up in the 80s, <coughs> 70s, 80s. Then, you know, he sort of faded his movie career out, but he was on Homicide Life on the Streets. He was on a TV show yeah. for almost a decade. And that's kind of where he capped off his career. He did a few movies after that, but nothing notable, probably like direct-to-video stuff. But um, his big stuff was, um, you know, he was an alien. He was in Running Man. He was a, a, the FBI agent, uh, Alonzo Mosley in Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. And then he was also... Bond villain. He was in one of my favorite, though now, you know, you look back at a lot of these films, especially this movie... Uh, some sort of cringy, problematic elements to uh, Live and Let Die, but it's still one of my favorite uh, James Bond movies. It's Roger Moore's first movie as James Bond, Yafit Kodo is the villain. Uh, yeah. Sort of very memorable twists in that movie. Also a very memorable death as far as James Bond villains uh, go. And um, yeah, and he passed and away. He, and he was in a, a Freddy movie, a really bad one. Still <laughs> yeah, too bad it was the final nightmare, but yeah. He was in uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. But, um, you know, look, I say a bad one, but I've watched it probably 20 <laughs> times. <laughs> so That's I've it? Seen, I... I've seen Yafit Kodo uh, has, you know, a dream specialist uh, who uh, confronts Freddy at one point uh, many times, and I definitely enjoy it. He's kind of like person. the Nancy Thompson of that movie, but he... Uh, He's yeah. the mentor to the Nancy of that I movie. would say that... Um, but he was in the final Freddy franchise run because after that it was like New Nightmare and Jason and like and then Freddy versus Jason and the reboot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, 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 at some point we'll do the Freddy movies. Yeah, he was in the last proper, you know, uh, even though it didn't, even though it wasn't called the Nightmare on Elm Street, it's still in the last of that the original series. I'd say, yeah. So yeah, he was in Thomas Crown Affair. He was in uh, Brubaker. He was in so many things. Anyway, great actor. But- Great actor with like yeah, just a uh, imposing presence. Uh, great part of Alien, which is such a wonderful sort of ensemble movie, so well cast because the whole idea of like they're truckers in space uh, that they were like you know just people doing their job, uh, which felt like a cool kind of approach in that film. Uh, he and Harry Dean Stanton have a great uh, rapport in that movie. Uh, yeah. Then awesome. um, what else do we got in the news here? Oh uh, yeah, like we we already talked about it last week. Because it was on the the precipice, the cusp, uh, where Avatar only needed about seven and a half million dollars to beat Endgame, and it did, and it got re-released in China, and it is now once again the reigning defending champ of box office history. Avatar is on top again. And Jesus, people, the people that are bad about <laughs> you, this. you tap into the pissiest parts of Twitter, Eric. I, somehow, I, I, I don't. 
I don't fall into these uh, crevices. I, I guess it's, it's because, like, I'll see, like, fandom, you know, who I work for will put out the tweet about, like, you know, uh, uh, Avatar, you know, passes Endgame to retake number one spot. And then I, I look at the replies. And look what you've so, done to yourself I with know, these replies. I know, I know. But it's just it's just so funny the like the the how indignant and how they take it personally, but also the oh they cheated they cheated by a re-release. I mean, my first and foremost is like no they didn't cheat because no one is forced to buy a ticket. What if they re-released it and no one went because no one cared because it's it kind of defeats the other argument. Well, no one cares about Avatar anymore except Avatar made twenty million dollars. Uh, actually, you know, it made seven to break uh, past Endgame, but it made twenty million over the weekend. People, a lot of people cared. <laughs> like, you know, it had a really good opening for an 11-year-old movie that made the most money of any movie ever when it first came out that apparently we're told no one cares about. Uh, and so and, and it, are they o- overlooking the fact, and you and I love Endgame, but Endgame cheated already. If they, if, well, they, yeah, if this is how they what they consider breaking the rules, uh, yeah. of which there are none, uh, Endgame already had a re-release. Yes, Endgame was re-released late in its run, and but then sometimes they'll be like, "Well, that's not the same. It never left theaters." I'm like, "Yeah, but they put it back into a bunch of theaters with some bonus content to get people to go see it." Um, but yeah, it, it's none of them cheated. It's all fair because no one is forced to go. And of course, if you take into inflation into account, not only did Avatar sell way more tickets than Endgame, but Titanic sold way more than both of them, and Gone with the Wind still sold more than any movie ever. Uh, so it's it's yeah, it's just a silly thing. Uh but yeah, I and and again, personally speaking, way more into Endgame than Avatar, but uh I, just, I, way more. I would say you're hundred percent more. Well yeah, yeah. But respect the hell out of Avatar's success. I mean, just it is just crazy to think that James Cameron twice made the biggest movie ever. It's really easy to dismiss that. Um, and he also uh, he also invented the breakout sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and um, Dan Mueller, my former coworker from Fanda, made a great point, which is if you look at the top ten movies of all time now worldwide, all of them, Avatar, I'm saying, including Avatar because it opened 11 years ago, but again, same difference, made most of its money the 2010 after it came out Christmas 2009. Look at the top ten movies ever. They all came out in the past decade, except for Titanic, which is the only one from the 90s, a true phenomenon that, you know, sold more tickets than anything else in the top 10. Uh, so just kind of stunning what James Cameron has achieved uh, with, the you know, barely making any movies in the past 20 years. And, and so that's why, I, you know, there's always that part of me. Uh, I think a lot of people who are like, oh, man, it's such a mistake to make all these Avatar sequels. Right. Because nobody cares about it. But then you just got to be like. Man, it probably is a mistake, but also James Cameron, you know, like he's able to pull things off that you don't expect. This could be a monumental fuck up, but James Cameron, you, you know, there's always that factor. It's like, I think it's, it's fairly protected because when the first one is made almost and with these root and again, I think probably next year we're going to get a big worldwide re-release before the sequel as for a movie that's almost made three, three billion dollars and may clash past three billion in the next year. If the sequels make a third of that, they make a billion dollars, right? Yeah. It's like, he's got like 
it, you know, you can't just be like, oh, it made half what the first one made. Bomb. If half what the first one made is one point five billion dollars and a third of that is a billion dollars. Like there's a pretty good room there for it to be way less of an impact than the first one and still a success. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I'm still don't, not, don't I'm gonna... still not going to see it in 3D, though. This time. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on God, to what is that quote about the Avatar 2? We'll have you shitting yourself with your mouth wide open. <laughs> What's that from? I mean, it's great. <laughs> It should be the pull quote for every movie. No, you don't remember this? No. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to Google this before we move on. Um, <laughs> yes. James Cameron in 2014. This oh, was a quote. He said this. James Car- who, again, James Cameron, we know he has a hell of an ego. Yes. And he said, Avatar 2 would, quote, make you shit yourself Oh my god! Wide. I thought you were like quoting an honest trailer or something. I, <laughs> no, I didn't think it. I didn't no. think this came I'm from Cameron himself. Cameron <laughs> saying that we will shit ourselves with our mouth wide open. Wow! Now, I mean, isn't that wasn't that a Creed song? <laughs> it is now, man. So, uh, well, now I have to see it. Uh, I love that first day for a showing. Have the confidence of James Cameron. That's all I'm saying. Everybody out there, I don't care what you're making. <laughs> I don't care if it's Airbud Nine, but say that. Okay, uh, a few people wrote a few n- tiny notes this week. Uh, I would just wanted to bring up that um, uh, Russell on Twitter wrote that uh, Eric's reaction to Matt's hamper sandwich has been the best moment in the history of the podcast. Um, I have to agree. I also I think I, I tweeted at him that it's probably will always be the best moment in the history of the podcast because I already feel bad about this week, Eric. We didn't have a spontaneous like laugh fit and yeah. create a magical I, I moment out of nowhere. Just now about the Cameron quote, but not on the, <laughs> the hamper sandwich level. <laughs> hamper sandwich is always king. Uh, yes. It's so sad to have our miso soup moment so early, and now everything is downhill. <laughs> but you know you what remember. are we going to do? Also, Lauren wrote wrote in on Twitter that she was disappointed that the miso soup wasn't brought up when I was talking about hardware because of Dylan McDermott. I know. It's funny because we talked about Dylan McDermott and I had a laughing fit, but we never – I think there was like an – you might have mentioned I it. said miso soup when we were having the fit, but not, not during – not in the context of the of McDermott. So um, then also uh, uh, Phil wrote in on Patreon and you guys can write in to us on Patreon or at um, weenjoypodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, like some people do. Uh, he wrote in, just wanting to let us know that hardware, which is the good thing to enjoy I recommended last week, is available to rent on Blu-ray from Netflix for, <laughs> quote, any of the other weirdos like me out there who still use that Blu-ray service. You so, know, I, I don't fault you for that because you could get a lot more good movies via the Blu-ray service. Yeah, you just you can't can have them Netflix instantly. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You can plan your weekend. Like, hey, I want something to watch this weekend. Mm-hmm. Let it go. It'll show up in your mailbox. But uh, yeah, you can't watch it on demand when you demand it. And then um, Lee wrote in on Patreon that uh, so last week I we brought we did a story about Mike Patton covering the. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme from the animated series, and I put a, a bit of it at the end that played us out. And he wrote that new Turtles tune is painful to listen to. Why butcher a classic? So we've got somebody <laughs> not enjoying here on We Enjoy. That was not for Lee. <laughs> I felt like it was kind of a straight cover, but I get it. Like you know, 
there was it were some differences. Maybe he hates Mike Patton, which makes him a terrible person. But you know, we all sure, can't be sure. great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so our good things to enjoy this week. I do want to bring up the fact before we get into our, our picks for this week that uh, I still love hardware. I still recommend the movie, but it did come out uh, literally two days ago. Yeah. That director Richard Stanley, I guess, is a horrible domestic abuser. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I could say bad timing on my part, but bad timing on his part for being a domestic abuser and just being an awful person. Like, fuck yeah. him. Like, he yeah. seems like an awful person now. Uh, do I want to watch Color Out of Space? I don't know. I'll have to decide. I'll have to figure out what my line is, but that all yeah. came out. So I, I just felt like I should let everyone know because he, uh, you know, a woman came forward with some pretty awful accounts of his behavior and uh, he is the director of hardware. And, that and the, is... the company behind Color Out of Space like, cut ties with him and actually said they're going like, to give any future um, proceeds from that movie to like charity, which was a really cool move. Uh, yeah, uh, in no way, yeah, it's a very serious thing, and it sounds like he did awful things, so I don't want anyone to think we're making light of that uh, at all. Uh, it was just a, like, what are the odds that Matt would have recommended his movie, like, you know, randomly? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I was always week. going to recommend hardware, because you know sure. me in hardware. But, um... It's just the, but the fact that you'd recommend it that week, like, you know, because if, oh, you, that if week, you'd chosen sure. to wait a week, you wouldn't have recommended it this week, I'm guessing, to give it a little it, distance. Yeah, uh, probably not. Um, yeah, good point. So, that's just how the universe works sometimes, Eric. Yeah. You never know. Oh, I am looking at the Google Doc right now and saw that you changed your good thing to enjoy, Eric. I did, based on uh, that email. I just had to be a little more topical. All right. Well, I'll start with mine. Well, actually, you start, since it'll piggyback off the email. Actually, okay. Or, um, or the uh, yeah. write-in on Patreon. So, yeah. Again, uh, because, yeah, there was the, the uh, uh, I can't remember, what was the name of the person who mentioned the Netflix by mail? Phil. Phil. Uh, Phil, uh, you would definitely like, I hope, uh, but anyone would like, because it's just an interesting documentary, um, Netflix versus the world. I was thinking about this anyway because there was a lot of attention paid this past week that there's that documentary, uh, like The Last Blockbuster on Earth, I think it's called, uh, that Netflix picked up. And it was like, oh, ironic. Like, uh, There's a documentary about the last block blockbuster still out there, and Netflix is going to be the home of it, which is ironic. And then I thought, well, I hope people – I want to see that documentary, of course, but I hope people check out, if they haven't, uh, Netflix versus the World, which is a documentary from a couple years ago whose title I think is very misleading uh, because I think that title insinuates people are going to think, oh, this is how Netflix came in and just – the Netflix of the past 10 years, like changed the game. You know, changed everything with streaming, really like dominated, became a company that the other media companies were kind of fearful of and and changed their own business model to try to match. That's not what this documentary is about. What I just said is included at the very end. But what this documentary should have been called is Netflix versus Blockbuster, because the brunt of it is about the rise of Netflix has a mail order DVD company and how it was neck and neck with Blockbuster and stuff I didn't know about kind of how close it came to Blockbuster winning that battle uh, and even buying Netflix. Yes, it's like the Monday Night Wars. Yes, yes. And so it, it, in a way, they kind of rushed through at the very end. I, I think because they know people kind of know that more and maybe it could be in its own documentary. The streaming stuff, much more about those early days. And they talked to a lot of the people that were there who worked for both companies 
and uh, and there was like I said a lot of minutia I didn't know about it, and I thought it was very interesting. So uh, if you want to check that out and see uh, again, it's it's Netflix origins, right? It is how this company beat Blockbuster and then went on, which gave them the power to become what they are now. Uh, but you can check that out on Prime. Who are the uh, real Netflix. losers and the real winners in all of this, though, Eric? I would just think like so Netflix devours Blockbuster. Uh, and then you've got the last blockbuster on earth thing that's that's out now um yeah. people you know lamenting and mourning the loss of blockbuster and how they miss it or people have said like hollywood video or other chains but let's not forget those chains especially of course blockbuster put to bed and put a knife in the heart of the independent video stores right, so right. you know everything kills something else everything eats something else it's just a circle of life apex predators i, I was capitalizing uh, um, because there was a there was an independent video store not that far from my house that when I moved into this house a couple years ago I was like oh my god there's this video store it's kind of a little above that I you know an area I wouldn't go by too much but when I passed I go I gotta go there never went there and then it closed during the pandemic uh, so that's on me because I had a while to go there before the pandemic and didn't uh, there's uh, but- always a bigger fish as they would say in Phantom Menace. Yep, yep. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, the, it's on Prime. Uh, it's also on Pluto, if you don't mind ads, if you're not married to me. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can rent it on Amazon. Or married or, to the mob. Why would you rent it on Amazon if you have – well, if you have, don't have Prime. Never mind. I just answered my own question. I like it when you, you discover revelations like that in the moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm – Man, I don't know. You know, we I don't think we've had any reports out there so far of anyone actually watching our good things to enjoy. So, but um yeah, again, if anybody ever does write us at any of the p- previous places I said you could write us and let us know what you thought. Um I still don't know, you know, what to think about Picnic at Hanging Rock, like if anyone actually watched that and what they thought of it. Um this movie I'm recommending is an oldie. This is an old, the oldest movie so far yeah, on this yeah, segment. I was, I was impressed by how old it was. It's impressed by the by by the elderliness of by it. Age. I was impressed by age. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's from 1957. It's a drama film called "Sweet Smell of Success," and it's got Burt Lancaster and Tony Curtis in it. And it is a talkie. It is a very dialogue-driven movie that has some of the best dialogue. Uh, Ever. I think it's just, but it's also got its own type of dialogue. It's very, very, I, I don't want to say it's film noir, but it's very heightened dialogue. It's written by uh, a very uh, renowned playwright named uh, Clifford Odets, along with Ernest Lehman, who wrote some of the most famous movies of all time, like uh, Jesus Christ, like uh, North by Northwest and King and I and Sound of Music and stuff like that, um, West Side Story. So, uh, and it's got two top-notch actors, but it's it's a weird movie. I'll just say that out of the gate. And for those of you, and I, I'm fearful that people who watch Picnic at Hang Rock will be bored by it because it's, that movie is so like quiet and trippy and very atmospheric. Well, I'm afraid people will be bored by this one because it's a lot of talking. It's just – it feels like a play. Uh, right. But it's got some of the catchiest goddamn fucking lines you'll ever hear. Uh, the cat's in the bag and the bag's in the river. Jesus, that's amazing. Anyway, it is <laughs> and about... That's a, that's a phrase I'm familiar with. Yeah. Uh, it, Did this it's... movie originate it? Yep. Ah, it's a, the movie's about uh, sort of a un- unscrupulous... Is it unscrupulous or inscrupulous? Whatever. S- sleaze bag. I'll say that. Sure. Uh, 
gossipy newspaper columnist played by Burt Lancaster, and he's sort of like the cock of the walk. Like everyone's afraid of him because if he writes, uh, oh God, what's the name? Lady Whistledown. He's like the Lady Whistledown. For those of you who've seen Bridgerton. Uh, oh, I have not. Sorry. Okay. Was, you said that in a way that I was like, am I supposed to? Well, I'm saying that? Bridgerton's a thing of the moment. Uh, he's like <laughs> a columnist who can uh, uh, kill your career with uh, with the the type you know the click clack of his typewriter. Like he he runs the town. He's got all the scandals. He's got all the scoops, and he's very arrogant. And then Tony Curtis is a sort of um, also sleazy uh, press agent. And I don't want to give too much away about it, but it's a weird, unsettling movie featuring kind of grimy, dirty characters and then also implied incest, I guess as much as you could apply back then, you know, in 1957. So everyone's got secrets. Everyone's got scandals. Uh, There are elements of L.A. Confidential that remind me of this movie, uh, you know, with the Sid Hutchins character and so on. But um, it... uh, Apparently, I was just doing a little background reading on it before the podcast that um, test audiences did not like it because they were used to, at the time, I guess, seeing Tony Curtis playing good people, good, like a good mm-hmm. character, like a nice guy. And he is uh, really smarmy here, and that put them off. This is what puts people off in 1957, by the way. <laughs> um, but uh, since then, it is, you know, it's part of the National Film Registry that's held by the Library of Congress and stuff like that. So it's a, it's one of my favorite movies, and it's an oldie, and you can rent it on Amazon. Uh, it yep. is not available for Prime members, so Prime member or not, you got to rent it. But um, uh, no, I need to see that. Uh, I I think I've mentioned to you. Uh, I'm trying to see a lot more like classic movies. Uh, I've been bad about it, but like I, I wanted to do it much more regularly than I have. But I have gone into HBO Max, especially who has such a great catalog and has all the Criterion stuff and all the Turner stuff and I've been like looking and been like okay what is something I've never seen and I've watched you know a couple Hitchcock things and just like found a couple of old musicals and that's something I definitely want to continue to do alrighty uh, so that was our good things to enjoy or as we might rename the segment just enjoy the cool thing that was <laughs> yes. your suggestion uh, <laughs> it wasn't really my suggestion that's but... your suggestion <laughs> okay <laughs> Next week's assignment. So we are done. Thank Robocop. fucking Christ, Eric. After this week, we're done with Robocop forever. <laughs> uh, it's still one of the best movies ever. Well, yeah. Yeah, the first movie. And then it's yeah. been severely diminishing returns every week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Makes sense. <laughs> I, you don't think it rebounded this week? <laughs> it did. Oh, it rebounded from last week for sure. For sure. For sure. These animated shows are way better than the live action shows. <laughs> way better. Uh, next week's assignment is a one-off and will be uh, Event Horizon, the movie that Eric and I very much enjoy watching. And uh, yeah, just a good, awesome space horror movie 
kind of came out of nowhere. I remember conversations back when I was in film school, Eric. Uh, there was a uh, Event Horizon camp and there was a Contact camp. <laughs> <laughs> Very different space movies, by the way. Very different. I uh, liked one more than the other, though I did not dislike Contact. Same here. Uh, same here. I like Contact. But if uh, you were but, to tell me you can only watch one for the rest of your life, I'm Event Horizon. And, and uh, a lot of people uh, have memefied uh, they should have sent a poet because of Contact. I don't yep. think anyone's really memefied. Well... There is a very famous song that I will put on the podcast next week about. Event I've seen Horizon. a little bit of memeing of some Sam Neill from it and whatnot, but we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah. All right. It's got Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, and uh, and let's see, what'd you put here? It's streaming on Cinemax, or yes. it can be rented or bought at most of the usual platforms online. So yes, Event Horizon, which Eric and I both own physical copies of anyway, but <laughs> yes, we do. So we're just going to cheat. Yeah, fully. <laughs> we don't even have to have Netflix send it to us because we have discs in our home. Although, if you do have the Netflix uh, Blu-ray um, service, have them send it to you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Eric. Let's talk. Oh, oh. Uh, before we talk about the actual animated series, we'll just bring up very briefly. I didn't do any further research on this. I'm sorry. Um, RoboCop's appearance at WCW's Capital Combat. Um, <laughs> it's very. I. I should have done more like why that came to be and wh- oh, like why <laughs> the story behind why they brought RoboCop in. This was in 1990. It was it was it was so it's it cross promotion for RoboCop two. So this was before RoboCop two came out. Then I, at least the build up because if you look at the poster for the pay per view, it is one of the RoboCop two. It's the RoboCop two poster I had on my wall. The teaser of him kind of gleaming blue metallic um, with. Like uh, the Road Warriors in front of him. The funny thing is, is that um, <laughs> it, it's billed as Capital Combat colon the return of RoboCop, which makes it sound like the return to the wrestling world of RoboCop. Right. But it's right. really the return of RoboCop in general because the RoboCop 2 hadn't come out yet. Yes. Yeah, so this was May. I'm looking at May 1990. Um, and so RoboCop 2 w- uh, opened in June, so this was like a month. Yeah, it was part of the promotional for Orion. This was part of the promotional campaign for RoboCop. So this is an interesting moment in wrestling history. Where uh, can you think of any off the top of your head, Eric? Where they brought in aside from the Muppets, where they brought in fictional characters. Oh, and MacGruber. I think they Chucky. did a lot. Chucky. Okay, so they did a lot of it. They did <laughs> a lot of it during the uh, raw guest host days. The Raw Guest those days, but then I wasn't Chucky another WCW one. Yes, uh, but I'm trying to think if there were any before this of a fictional character coming in, unless we count um, Zeus. Zeus coming right. in from No Holds Barred. That was almost the most dramatic of all. Yeah, Tiny <laughs> Lister coming in playing his character from that movie as if the character leapt out of the screen, last action hero style. Into yeah. the world of wrestling to fight Hulk Hogan, so this was a uh, an instance of a giant pop culture character, a fictional character coming into the world of wrestling as that character, as if it exists in the real world, mm-hmm. a- and interacting with quote unquote real people, right? Yeah. And RoboCop's role in Capital Combat was to basically save Sting from being trapped in a cage that was used already in a match. The, the cage was at ringside because there was a match where Jim Cornette had to be locked in a cage. It was part of a stipulation of a tag team match 
with the Midnight Express. Afterwards, the cage still remained, and the horsemen locked Sting in. This is all in between matches. Sting was only on hand as in support of Lex Luger, who was challenging Ric Flair for the title later in the evening. Robocop single-handedly busts open the cage, you know, rips it off, shows his strength, and the four horsemen all cower and back away, and that's sort of the role of Robocop. That's that was his role. Now, the the most confounding thing is that and you mentioned this last week, nobody's asked Peter Weller about this, but Peter Weller is credited as playing Robocop in this instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just funny that he did this but didn't come back for three. I, again, and it is possible because, again, this was promoting a movie he was in. It might have been something he was kind of dragged into. It was like, okay, Peter, you're going to do the Tonight Show. You're going to do this, and we need you to go to the wrestling show. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, obvious, and honestly, in the costume. <laughs> honestly, who else at that point was trained to wear that costume and move like that? <laughs> right, right. Like anyone off the street? Like they, 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 <laughs> somebody spent like a month trying to like wear this thing and walk down the, the wrestling aisle? Right, right. I guess it would make sense for Peter Weller to do that. It's just so weird that he did. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's not 100% confirmed, and I do desperately want uh, either ourselves or somebody to talk to him about it. It's not 100% confirmed, but I'm pretty sure you and I, I just talked ourselves did. into it. I think we just yeah. really convinced ourselves it was. Like, sure, sure. We went from like, you know, our shitting our pants with our mouth open to <laughs> actually believing that it was Peter Weller doing this. Because when you look at him... It's it's not quite as recognizable as he is in the movies. I'm looking at him like, eh, is that him? Is it? I couldn't tell. Um, but it is. Let's just say it is and move on with our lives. Um, Robocop 1998, Eric. Yes. All right. Um, 1988. Yeah. What I say? I thought you said 98, but you might not have. You I didn't. Have I didn't. I'm pretty sure I didn't. <laughs> but you know what? Who cares? We can start with either right. one. Robocop 1998. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, yeah but it's just kind of crazy because we talked a lot about how this character, you know, they, they decided later, they made the, the decision, which we don't think they should have, to be like, let's aim it more at kids. But it is crazy that just a year after the movie, they did this cartoon. Yeah, and then it would be a few more years before Robocop 2 came out, which was still rated R. Yep. You know, it wasn't as, again, satirically violent as the first movie, but it was still hardcore R in that movie. And a kid gets, a evil kid gets killed in it. Yes. Yeah. And you feel he's the only character you wind up caring about in the entire movie. <laughs> right. uh, and so Robocop 1988 is, um, man, and the funny thing is we also just came off a podcast talking about how uh, parents and organiza- various organizations complained about the violence in Dungeons and Dragons. And this was an extremely violent cartoon, I guess, for 1988. Like, tons of bullets flying and things exploding all over the place. Um, so I wa- yeah, I do I wonder... To, I had to actually, re- not rewind, I guess I rewound it quickly, because I had to be like, wait, did Robocop just shoot and kill someone? And then I saw, it's it's actually kind of subtle that he shoots them with like a blue energy, so I think it's It's like a to, laser, yeah. So it's supposed to infer he probably stunned them, but it's not made explicitly clear. <laughs> so you could, if you wanted to, be just like, oh, he just shot and killed that guy. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Um, this, and uh, overall... Just my umbrella comment for both of these shows is that I like the second one more. This Alpha Commando is actually, I would think, is actually solid Robocop continuation on its own. Uh, but I think this is still better than most of the sequels. It's certainly better than <laughs> the two live action shows we watched. Uh, they He's not killing anyone, but it's still 
pretty much tethered to Robocop. It has a lot of the same stuff. It has a lot of the same stuff that we've come to know from anything Robocop. It's got, uh, OCP, the scheming member of OCP who's out to take down Robocop because his own project is, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's not Bob Morton or it's not Dick Jones, but there's a new guy in there. But then this, this show also had Ann Lewis and it had, uh, Dr. Tyler who is actually from the movie. She's the one who she wasn't a doctor in the movie, but she's she kisses her, her, him. She's part she of the, the building glasses. process. Yeah. yeah, so she's in this. Uh, I do wonder the if old there man was like, is in it and Reed is in it. Is Reed in this one too? Reed yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cecil's in it. Cecil's in, Cecil made the cut. He didn't even make the cut into RoboCop <laughs> two, but he makes the cut into the animated series. This is like <laughs> when Punky Brewster had all of the voice actors come back. And, and do. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not the actors from the movie, but the character. I will say, yeah, both these shows, even though the second one goes in its own direction, you could tell that they like studied the movie a lot, which is funny because then there was even the character. Uh, did you see of the the a hole cop? Uh, Hedgecock, <laughs> Lieutenant Roger yeah, Hedgecock. Yeah, fucking Hedgecock. Robocop. Well, yeah, because he's a movie. monstrosity, a stinking monstrosity. He is from the movie. He was the leader of the SWAT team who attacked Robocop in the parking lot. <laughs> so they they were like digging deep wow, here. Wow, that's a deep pull. It was a very deep pull. Well, we should mention too, it's not doesn't happen in this episode, but also a part of this series is Clarence Boddicker. Yes, animated Clarence Boddicker made me really happy, even though it was just a glimpse in this episode in the opening credits. Yeah, uh, he wasn't a part of the story in the in the pilot, but uh, eventually, I think he appears in another episode going forward, he's, and then in the finale. He's not dead in this show. And then so. in the finale, he's not dead at all, um, despite yeah. mortally wounding Officer Alex Murphy. Um, the villains in this are Dr. McNamara, and <laughs> yeah, the, the man... Why didn't anyone tell me when I was growing up in the 80s that I should have bandanas, mullets, camo pants, tank tops, shades? You were being told that by the media you were watching. I I know, I know. I just never (laughs) followed through with it. Why didn't I do that? Um, It is a funny thing here because as I put in my notes, yeah, the the gang, the Vandals is what their their official name is. Not the the, – uh, punk band not band. the band who had uh, a member of uh who joined oingo boingo in their later years uh but the the bad guys are the vandals are so dreadnoughts chainsaw guy flamethrower guy now <laughs> joy buzzer guy <laughs> yes the dreadnoughts of course themselves were mad max villains so there's a whole well, kind and of they like, were australian yeah exactly yeah handoff here that has been happening uh but we should also mention this is bringing us back to uh our our first uh episode or second episode maybe uh because this was the show that didn't get its 13th episode because X- pride of the x-men got the budget for it instead because this show was made by marvel Productions. that's right there are only 12 episodes of robocop 1988 because they yes. didn't make number 13 because of uh because colossus like rain right pretty much because marvel productions took that money but i will say matt i never watched this show but it was very comforting because it's so it's a marvel productions 80s show and i watched so many others gi joe transformers being the most prominent uh that it still felt like i'd watched this show yeah and- the, the animated the animated style and the voice acting mm-hmm. style was very familiar to us yes. growing up in that era for sure um did you appreciate the fact that um, uh, Robocop gets rid of a bomb the same exact way Wonder Woman gets rid of a bomb in Justice League. <laughs> I did, yes. 
<laughs> you just throw it up in the air into the sky. Throws it up in the air in the sky. I like that uh, Reed here is much more of like a classic buddy cop um, head of the police department. He's like he's like hitting his desk like, where in blazes is RoboCop? Blast that woman. And like, you know, throwing his like, you know, uh, papers off his desk, hitting his desk, uh, just generally messing up. Yeah, but wh- stuff. Wh- what's the name of the, 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 the mean cop? What's his name? Like Crinklecock? Oh, uh- was it a uh, uh, Hodgecock? Hodgecock? Um, Hedgecock. 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 <laughs> I think Reed should have done more to. Uh, I don't think he needed to discipline Hedgecock a little bit. He all he <laughs> tried to do was just separate them. I don't think that's good management. I don't think that's good management. I think they I think he needs to. He's just trying to diffuse the situation and, and uh, deflect. I don't like yeah. the fact that he he just basically. Uh, sends Robocop on his way, and Robocop's totally oblivious to all of this. He's like, do do do, gotta do my job. Um, kiss my big toe, copper. I put that note down too. I'm glad that we both have that written on a on a document <laughs> on our computer. Um, uh, said by Benny with the mullet. Of so, the so the vandals are, are the opening act. Robocop stops them, so he's actually kind of successful for the most mm-hmm. part. The vandals get away though. Then we've got Doctor McNamara, who's the, the, the kind of he's got like robot hands that are never explained, and he wears sunglasses in a board meeting because yes. he's an asshole, <laughs> and he has a Ed two hundred nine type device called an Ed two sixty. I don't know why they changed that. Oh, I think it's just a more advanced model there, Matt. Come it's on, de- it's but it's the, it's the same fucking boner machine. It's still, I mean, it still it still messes it's, up it's, completely. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's got bigger guns but <laughs> and it makes bigger mistakes well i mean it doesn't kill anyone it just blows up any car Although, that's... i mean again they do the most they can right because it still shoots at everyone it just doesn't i know i know it doesn't like shoot people's arms off um so then dr mcnamara uh wants his robots uh to be the the only law enforcement robots so he wants to discredit robocop so he hires the vandals to go on and a crime spree. He's got the spree. Dick Jones role. Yeah, he's hiring them to go on a crime spree to make Robocop look bad, but then Robocop uh, defeats them. And Dr. McNamara is very pissed off about that. But in the process of trying to give the vandals a leg up on things, basically they, they are the vandals. They are their namesake. They go around destroying property. That's about as that and robberies because it opens with the robbery of a blood bank. Like, robberies and vandalism are where other crime of this type of show. Like, it's a kid's show. It's not going to go any more hardcore than that. Um, except the fact that I read ahead in another episode description is, like, Robocop fights the KKK. So, <laughs> <laughs> he fights a KKK-like organization called the Brotherhood, Eric. All right. <laughs> That's, like, a few episodes after this one. Um, but, so, Dr. McNamara gives them tech enhancements so they do become a lot more like you said the dreadnoughts where like they they get cyber upgrades well I the think, dreadnoughts didn't get cyber upgrades. you're thinking of the reavers from X-Men oh the reavers who, from x-men who are also australian never mind we're also australian yes <laughs> oh man there's a lot of we, like, we had a lot of these like roving gangs in our 80s inter- kids entertainment so there's a whole movie called all... the warriors too like <laughs> there's the warriors yes yes um Okay, so but I but I did enjoy the fact that uh, the vandals d- 
dog got somehow metal armor or plates on it. It got like a, a tech upgrade as well. It got skynetted. Yep. It got whatever happened to the sister, evil sister at the end of Superman 3. Like, <laughs> like done to it. <laughs> he was a cyber dog now, uh, unexplained. There was also a really weird line, and I don't know what I was hearing um because i who i don't know who said this i i didn't i didn't credit my work or who said this but someone yells you priggish paranesium oh dr tyler priggish or freakish but yeah she dr tyler and ann lewis get into a fight about robocop's well-being because because dr tyler uh you know they took the name tyler from the movie but a very different version she's a doctor and also she's kind of like ocp like she she'll she'll fuck with robocop like she she doesn't really care about him as a person yeah so she called she uh uh let lewis have it with a rather uh with a sick burn i might add right (laughs) freakish paramecium or whatever yeah, not the not the uh, area between your uh, anus and your genitalia, <laughs> the perineum. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know what that meant. But whatever. <laughs> okay, so uh, it this this first episode also contains another true hallmark a RoboCop, which is that RoboCop gets fucked up and taken out, kind of like yep. he, that's that always happens to RoboCop. I feel like. <laughs> After the first movie, because they did it with the first movie, and they did it so well, RoboCop taken out of the game, taken off the game board, has to like repair himself and, and uh, recollect and gather his strength and so forth. But they do it every single movie and mm-hmm. every single TV show. They should have made RoboCop like pretty – like the way he was in Alpha Commando a bit more, where he's a lot more um, – capable and unstoppable and they just need to figure out a way to write that you know like to make challenges for him like the superman challenge like how what do you do to challenge superman except for the same thing you do all the time yeah you know what is really stuck out to me now that we've watched all the robocop is it's actually kind of surprising that um robocop stayed consistent in how he looked for his entirety until like the remake really alpha commando makes him much bigger and buffer. And we'll talk about that. Uh, but the basic design, like if they were making these movies now, it'd be like the Iron Man armor, right? Where like every movie he has, you know, the, the remake did this. He had multiple looks in the remake. Uh, but the original RoboCop look, it's, it's in all the TV shows. Like, you know, he always looks like RoboCop. Maybe he gets like an add on jetpack or, or, you know, gun arm. He gets like uh, a red line, like a Cylon, redness in his visor here but that's and, and he got the blue tint in the second one but he basically always looked the same uh which actually i think is kind of cool just because sometimes they overdo the costume changes in some of these things um but it is it did strike me that if they made these movies today he would not look the same for the nearly as long as he did back then all right um this was still a fun episode uh it was better than most of the sequels that came after the first one was it better <laughs> than the second movie maybe um, it was fun. Uh, he defeats the Vandals at the end. They have their killdozer. Um, they run him over, but he survives. Again, consistency with what you can do to RoboCop. In some movies, running him over with a bulldozer might have taken him out. But who knows? You never know with RoboCop. <laughs> and uh, what he can survive. That. Yeah. And there's a, there's a great line there, which is, move it out, Crash. We got a lot more killdozing to do. Well, he's not wrong. No. They do not. have a lot of killdozing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's... I'm just saying he looks down at his uh, to-do list for today. It says killdozing a lot. (laughs) 
Yeah. So um, yeah, I have maybe I'll maybe on my own time I'll look up what what Clarence Boddicker sounds like and acts like in a later yeah. episode. But the fact that yeah, such a like a a, a gory hardcore R kind of grotesque movie that was at the time really called out for its violence was made into this along with like horrible murderer characters turned into animated characters. Yeah. Uh, it's very amusing on a lot of levels. So <laughs> it is, it is. It'd be funny if, because they had that footage from the, the first movie of Clarence and his gang shooting Murphy that got used in RoboCop three and in both the live action shows, it'd be funny if this animated series just used that, but they, <laughs> an, but they animated it. No, no, they just use live. They just action use footage. live action stuff. And that's his memory, <laughs> and it's yeah. just as gory. Like they don't, they show his hand being blown off. <laughs> it's actually it should be in the opening credits, like telling you the backstory. <laughs> um, and also mention, although I don't think it's like a particularly memorable one, uh, I did want to note that the theme song, uh, the uh, the theme music. There's no lyrics to this. Were written by uh, Haim Saban and Shuki Levy. Haim Saban, I think a lot of people know because that Saban is in Saban who produces Power Rangers. He's a very successful producer. Um, but Shuki Levy and him, Shuki Levy on his own sometimes, but often partnered with Haim Saban, would write so many great theme song well he did they did he did mask and he-man yeah like yeah inspector gadget uh uh the pole position cartoon just so many like pole position you could do a great like you could just jam out to shooky levy heim saban music so i was happy to see their name in the credits all right so um robocop alpha commando Mm -hmm. 10 years later but okay this is a weird part of alpha commando Yes. My 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 beginning thoughts of Alpha Commando is I really liked it. I really liked what they did with RoboCop as far as a post Toy Story Buzz Lightyear style hero who's got jokes now. He's like a pun machine. They should have had I feel like they should have had <laughs> RoboCop in going forward and I'm not even saying that this would have made the movies better or not because the movies were what they were, but I like that as a character as somebody who Let's lose very dry one-liners, like an action hero. <laughs> uh, very dry, though, to the point where like you don't even know that he understands what he's saying. But I kind of like that a lot about Alpha Commando. I feel like <laughs> Alpha Commando is the best sequel so far. I feel like it's better than any follow-up in the TV live-action shows. I feel like it's better than two or three. I feel like if they had made a live-action Alpha Commando movie and that was the follow-up to like because alpha commando is involves robocop coming back to life after being out of commission literally for like five years and he's rebooted and and brought back into service um like that's a good story and then i liked his presence too i you know the world of alpha commando is something we can we'll talk about but like uh also it has a badass theme song it does, and they say the name RoboCop. It's just RoboCop. They say it over and over again. Like, um, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I, I'm entertained. I'm amused, Matt, that uh, you seem to have enjoyed this a little more than I did. Uh, to me, it's almost like Prime Directives, which is not to say like I didn't love Prime Directives, but I think I liked it a little more than you did uh, because I, I thought it was very silly, but still, I was entertained and amused it's by the fact that extremely silly. RoboCop but... was so punny. And that uh, the first thing he says after waking up is, "Who's the babe?" <laughs> about his new partner. Um, which, yeah, but all, but but he's not saying partner. it like Spicoli. He's saying it like he, you know, and like 
when the arm's moving on its own, he's like, I don't blame it. Uh, you know, uh, I was rather, it was, <laughs> I was rather attached to it. You know, something like that. Or, they're a little uh, stuck up. They're a little, I don't know. He, he that's knows good. exactly what he's That's doing. good <laughs> stuff. That's good stuff, Eric. I don't know why you're complaining. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I will say, I very much enjoyed watching these shows because, uh, they're so of their time. They so also they're not their... ninety minutes, Eric. Each. They're not ninety minutes. They're twenty two minutes each. But also, yeah, just watching like RoboCop brought me back to childhood eighties cartoons, and then R- RoboCop Alpha Commando is such a late nineties cartoon. Yep, the yep. look of it, uh, her hair, the way it's shaded, uh, the minimal, the little bits of CG, like in his viewport, like you see like a CG logo spiraling around. Uh, the Alpha Commando logo, I think. It's like, uh, just, it, it's just very fun to watch these shows, at, which were made literally a decade apart, and to see, like, oh yeah, that totally feels like other shows that I was watching at the time. Oh my god. I mean, this was so much more enjoyable, just, not just because they were comedies of eras that we watch, I mean, cartoons of eras that we watch cartoons in, but the fact that they were so short and not, you know, two 90-minute installments of awful... Like, what a miserable trudge last week was. Joey wrote in... <laughs> Joey writes in on Patreon. This is what he writes in. I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't get back to sleep, so I watched Robocop the series and Prime Directives back-to-back. Uh, the Dr. Cray Malardo middle initial reveal should be talked about along with Citizen Kane and the Rosebud reveal as one of the great <laughs> reveals in media history. Crazy Malardo, That's fucking nuts. Then I watched Prime Directives... And when it said RoboCop will return in Meltdown, I thought, not for me. This is where I leave you, RoboCop. And then I walked fully clothed into a lake. That's what Joey wrote <laughs> on Patreon, just so you know. As long as he's able to write to us from the lake, I'm happy. Uh, so, okay, Prime, uh, sorry, Alpha Commando. Mm-hmm. The credits say New Detroit 2030. The pilot yeah. says 2020. I guess Multiple going... Multiple times. Yeah, I guess... Uh, there's a 10-year discrepancy between what the credits want you to think it is and where the show wants you to think it is, but it's in the future. And it's the ro- first time the series has ever given us an on-screen year, so that it's funny that they fuck it up. I think it's just we're supposed to accept it's, it's set in the year 2030, but it was very confusing that the pilot had multiple screw-ups because I'm like, wait, this, this show is about RoboCop being woken up. Because it, it, at first I thought, oh, it's 10 years before the credits because we'll see what happens where he's, like, t- turned off. But then right. once he's woken up, I'm like, now they can't cut to 10 years later. That'd be so bizarre. That would be so. weird. Well, what I think what I liked about this is, like, it just assumes a, a backstory, a history of adventure with Robocop. Like, he mm-hmm. went on from the first movie. He had a lot of adventures. He was eventually put out of commission, and now he's back. What those adventures are... We don't know. They could be great. We don't have to imagine that they were RoboCop two or three. Um, it there does a veiled reference to mer- uh, to possibly uh, him losing a partner, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, make- well, yeah. So Lewis, yeah, like died. You think so that Lewis, we, we Lewis's do. Death. We even get a flashback to his son doing TJ laser moves. You know, yes. we've got we've got that going on. So it is tethered to the first movie, and then. He, Eric, how can you not love this RoboCop who's like wisecracking? He's got like rollerblades and a jetpack. He's got well, yeah, a glue gun. The showed us a lot of stuff we didn't get to. Well, not yet, uh, but he's, he yeah, could yeah, shoot jetpack, a net. A motorcycle, uh, yeah, skates. He's got like a heat fist. But all of that is also because while he was, uh, you know, robot asleep, uh, Dr. 
uh, Newmeyer, named after the creator. Creators of the series. Yeah. So Dr. Newmeyer and uh, Miner is his partner. So uh, those are the last names of the guys who wrote the original Robocop. Like he did a lot of add-ons. He basically yep. gave him a lot of upgrades that he himself is sort of discovering as the show goes on. Then um, – yeah, and, and so, like, yeah, he's just a fun RoboCop who's also, <laughs> like, this episode, this whole episode went on, and no no one randomly just took him down with, like, a crowbar or a wrecking ball or hit him with a car, and all of a sudden he needs to be reprogrammed. And uh, it was also a while before he saw RoboCop, because the whole opening involves um, Agent Minor, Agent Nancy Minor, who works for, what is it? Alpha Division Alpha. So, yeah, Divi- like okay, so Division Alpha apparently is this clandestine organization, Shield that's, type, that's thing. supposed to uh, go on unobserved intelligence missions. It's so secretive, in fact, that her own boss has like a blurred out face, and she doesn't yeah. know who it is. And this person, this unknown figure, tells her, uh, "I've arranged someone to look after your son." So, and yeah. she's not who. Who is this person you've arranged? And also, who are you? She doesn't ask any of those questions. But uh, this is good enough for her. Uh, the fact that they made her a mom was very interesting. We, that, I didn't, that, that threw me. I was surprised by that. I didn't look past this episode, so I don't know if we'll ever if the son is always just going to be off screen being looked after by somebody right. that we'll never meet. But uh, yeah, there was an interesting uh, sort of wrinkle in this. There's a little bit of cringy stuff going on with the nation of Netmanistan. And this person, like uh, the rep- the the representative of Netmanistan, being like, "Oh, your country has so many cars. You Americans are very lucky." And it's kind of like, "Ooh, tug on your collar." Yeah. Uh, not great, Bob. Uh, but she is assigned to look after this guy as he's boarding a plane, and she gets to scream out, "No assassinations on my watch!" Which is, yes. I think, should be yelled out in every action movie. <laughs> right. Um, it feels, uh, um, I think a sign of the times is that it clearly feels like it's going to be much more serialized than the 88 show. Uh, you know, it, it, it shocked me that we don't see RoboCop until almost nine minutes in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It, it takes you a while. You tend to have RoboCop you... in RoboCop show. Um, right. Uh, yeah. But that, but, but that basically eliminates the usual RoboCop intro of a crime going on. RoboCop shows up. Yes. And then, honestly, Eric, flip a coin 50-50. He either stops it or he fails miserably based on everything we've seen. So, uh, yeah, this is her. This is like an introduction to her more specifically yeah. as the new Lewis. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened. This, this... She, she, her, her part, the way that they're, they're referenced to Lewis is when he says it's hard to lose a partner because her partner was killed by a robot. Yeah, uh, so she's basically uh, got... Uh, She's robot racist a bit, kind of like Will Smith's character is in iRobot, where he hates robots mm. because of something that happened to him, right? Yeah. So she's got a bug about upper butt about robots because of what happened to her partner. Meanwhile, Lewis is also uh, KIA. I don't know what happened to Lewis. Did she walk into a lake and drown? I mean, again, I, I think this is where you can very loosely say the movies happened, right? By him saying it's you know hard to lose a partner. That's all you need. 
uh, you know, it's like I don't think they're ever going to say like her name was Lewis and she got uh, killed. Uh, you know, you know, my... he accidentally glued her mouth shut with his glue gun. Right, right. And she suffocated. This this show also has Reed, future Reed, futuristic yes. Reed dressed in future clothing with future hair and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like no future Cecil. I'm sad to say. Well, he also got glued to death. <laughs> it was a whole incident. Um, a horrific death. And it has a shadowy villain, a female villain, who sounds like Alison Brie has Zoya the Destroyer. Because <laughs> it is Alison Brie. <laughs> oh, wow. Did that, you know that? Uh, the evil organization, I can't remember what it stands for, is called Dark, but it's D-A-R-C. Mm. Because I think the ending is chaos or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Sergeant Reed is the same guy. Eric, he has a grappling hook. Robocop has a he, grappling hook. And he says, shall we dance? That's a good line. <laughs> and he's got his data you spike. You are all in on Alpha Commando, Robocop. Well, I'll tell you the best part of Alpha Commando. The absolute best part of Alpha Commando is You're that... You're starting an Alpha Commando fan site. I can feel this. <laughs> it ends with Robocop jumping on a bomb to shield mm-hmm. everyone else from the blast. And it blows up. And she's like, oh no, Robocop. And uh, if you don't watch beyond this episode, which I won't, RoboCop dies. Sure. <laughs> and he dies a heroic death, saving everyone from a bomb. And for me, that's the end of RoboCop, just like it is for us, the end of RoboCop on this yeah, he, he podcast. Was, he activated a few years later, and then he died on his first mission. <laughs> but, like, he saved the Netmanistan guy, and he dies. He said yeah. a few, he, he had a few zingers, <laughs> and he was out of there. Minor can get back to her son who's off somewhere. Being watched <laughs> by a stranger, assigned to her by a stranger, uh, with a blurry face. So yeah. He also had um uh before his dig- before his heroic death, he also did a uh, a funny uh how could you ever doubt and then slips and falls and gets like a can on his head. Uh but you know, he has <laughs> so, to get back into the thing. Uh the voice of Dr. Cornelius Newmeyer is Dean Hagland, who, if yes. you're an X-Files fan, played Langley of The Lone Gunman. Or if you're a fan of The Lone Gunman spinoff series, which didn't last very long. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was Langley on The X-Files, which he would have been doing at this time. Yep, yep. Uh, that, that was a get. <laughs> yeah, it was a get. It's like, we got Langley. I, the thing that shocked me the most about this show is that I had 40 episodes. Because I knew the 88 show was short-lived, Um and aired as what, like the Marvel Action Hour, where they were cycling in, like, you know, some of the older shows. Uh, but I was shocked that Alpha Commando, which I had less of a memory of, aired for 40 episodes. I'll uh, tell you another reason why I'm not going past the pilot episode of Alpha Commando, and just in my mind, Robocop has uh, <laughs> died nobly in the line and the, of duty. And the rest of the show is about Minor, like, living, you know, like, you know, she's she's honoring his legacy. Well, I'll tell you another, so here's the, another reason why I won't. Not just because I like the ending, but also because uh, it's a three-parter opener. It's like Punky Brewster. It, it's not a two-parter, because obviously this is a cliffhanger. But this Justice Reborn story is three parts. So it's the first three episodes is Justice Reborn. I'm not watching three episodes. It's fine where it is right now. 
I see that there is a two-parter called Family Reunion, which I'm guessing is where his wife and son come back because I read how it doesn't really make sense continuity-wise because they don't age his son up from his flashbacks, but this is supposed to be... Not only was Robocop around for years, then he was in cryogenics for years. Oh, no. is he? So. Does he work for OCP? Is that where Prime Directive's got the idea? <laughs> maybe. Or he's a clone because he's still a kid and he shouldn't be. Oh, so Eric, there's an, ep- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's an episode called The Herminator. <laughs> is there one called Cecil's Revenge? <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just Ooh, Cecil. DOS, DOS Reboot is a strong, <laughs> strong... Well, you know, kids <laughs> kids always get DOS Boot references. Oh, my God. I walked through the submarine set from DOS Boot when I was in Germany in college. It the, was very small. There's one called H2 Uh-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> These are pretty great. <laughs> Really, a pretty girl is like a milady. <laughs> I get it. I get it. A pretty girl is like a milady. <laughs> oh, where is that one? Oh, like a malady. I see. Malady. I see. Yes, but it, see, it's a uh, yeah. <laughs> There's one literally Eric called Robo Dog. I don't know. I'm. I may be talking myself back into watching all oh of these episodes. Oh my god! Return of the Herminator. The Herminator has two. He came episodes. back in the second season. Again, this is serialized, so they've got to. If you introduce Terminator, you need to. Oh, and Matt, look at episode fifteen. Oh, power play. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's a power play. Power, power play. It's listen to We Enjoy Wrestling. This was a song. Matt said the phrase power play. I knew it was a song, but I couldn't place it and eventually realized it was from the Lost Boys soundtrack. Uh, so there's your power play. All right. Uh, there's also an episode called Robopop. <laughs> and really, really big shoe, but it's S-H-O-O. Really, really big shoe. Oh, I see. This yeah, is, yeah. I, I want to know what these are about. You know, the because there are only 12 episodes okay, guys, for the, the first The next 39 weeks is going to be for <laughs> Alpha Commando. The, that's the thing. It's like the, the, the wiki page for the uh, 88 show, you know, had episode descriptions. There were only 12, but that's how I knew that he fights the KKK. Here, it's like we just have our... We just have our imaginations to run wild. We don't know what Someone this is. Someone just want to enter in all 40 episode descriptions. Oh, so. well, that person is lazy. Dr. <laughs> Crazy Lazy. Uh, brawl in the family? Come on. Thank you <laughs> also, very much. Um, also, looking at the writing credits, um, it's funny because so Trish and I have been rewatching Batman the Animated Series, which is great. And uh, a lot of like familiar names who writ- wrote for comic books wrote an- episodes of that I didn't realize. And then I see uh, the one of the writers for Alpha Commando was Len Wein, the late, great Len Wein, who best known has the co-creator of Swamp Thing and Wolverine. Uh, he wrote for both Marvel and DC for a long time, but those are the two characters that he is uh, integral to, and he wrote for Alpha Commando. Probably the two characters in the Marvel Universe uh, with the worst hygiene. So, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. They both smell. They both smell, as we're saying. They're stinky boys. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a stinky boy. Stinky boy. Thank you, everyone, for this journey He's- of RoboCop. Uh, I, 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 I do realize that if you didn't listen to We Enjoy Wrestling – this was your first franchise that you went through us with because and so some people are like why more robocop robocop give me a break you know this is i'm quoting people and and so (laughs) that sounds like a character in this show (laughs) but this type of thing is what we started uh, doing on we enjoy wrestling when we came a little bit more bored with the wrestling product it it started with hobbs and shaw coming out and eric realizing i had only seen kind of 
one and a half Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. And so basically that was our first franchise. We went through all the Fast and Furious movies and then Hobbs and Shaw. Then we decided to keep it going with franchises. So we did Friday the 13th and Saw and Mission Impossible. So if you want to hunt those down, we won't be redoing them for We Enjoy. But mm-hmm. it, they do exist in, over on We Enjoy Wrestling. And we would do it sort of the same way where it would be the last 45 minutes to an hour of the podcast we would talk about the movie. So yeah. you can certainly find those if you are interested in our takes on those franchises over on We Enjoy Wrestling. Um, and uh, three of those franchises have sequels this year uh, that we, I think, should discuss uh, as uh, follow-up episodes, even if it's a different podcast, due uh, to, to those previous discussions. Uh, is Spiral coming out this year? Yeah, it should Spiral's be. Spiral's coming out. It's supposed to come out. You know, again, these year delays. Yeah, we'll Spiral see. So, May, yeah, Fast, Fast 9. 9 in June, and then uh, Mission 7 this fall. Yeah. Oh, Mission 7 is coming out this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be summer, and then they pushed Top Gun into its slot, and they pushed uh, Mission Impossible 7 to, to November, I believe. October, all right, November. good times, good times. Well, so yeah. that's that's what these franchises are all about. Like, those were specifically movies. I think this is the first time we actually delved into TV for the full franchise uh and I will say because yes, this 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 got this got I, I as I can enjoy bad stuff, and I know that's uh you know it, it, mileage can vary, but I will say this was uh this this had some tough times, and it was the first time we'd done one of these that neither of us had seen a big part of it. Yeah, you know? that's true. Usually, I'm the one who hasn't seen most of like something. even with Fast and the Furious, I'd seen them all, and I also knew like oh they get better. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna have fun watching these. Versus these where we're like, you know, we lo- we knew we loved the first one and then we'd seen the second, but it, it was all got pretty vague after that. Yeah, and I didn't have very many – again, we mentioned we didn't have many memories of Robocop 2 past Nuke. Yes, yes. Uh, we have uh, some other franchises in mind. Uh, we're going to you know take a break here for at least a week, maybe a couple. We'll see. Uh, and then we're going to come at you with the, the next franchise, your next assignment. Uh, but I think we're going to – next time around, we'll probably go with one where we're a little more uh, – uh, knowledgeable going in. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, Leprechaun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, See, Leprechaun is the great unknown, and I'm not saying we'll never do it. Uh, in fact, I think I'm more into doing it than Matt is. But I, th- I but I think I think though, Russ on Twitter gave us an out because I think so. He argued that we could do just a few of them, some of the sillier ones, because they're really not all connected, like mm-hmm. in a certain way. But he just brought up the fact that there is an actual new. Leprechaun sequel that is only that 2018 Halloween's it, which is it is only a direct sequel to the first movie. Ah. So we could do that and then the new one and just do two Leprechauns I, um, without even going to Space or the Hood. I don't know. Does that sound right? It doesn't feel right. <laughs> we'll see. I, I am curious at some point to maybe do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which just confirmed that their new movie is a direct sequel to the first one, which is at least the third time they've done that. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're even worse than Halloween with like the forget everything. This is the sequel. This is the real sequel. They're worse uh, than Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, as far they keep, they've done it more. Uh, they've done more wow. like of reboots. Within I mean, that series. franchise does have James Gale as Rothman. So it does. <laughs> that's that's a point for it. Okay. Anyway, thank you all for joining us on this Robo Adventure. We'll be back next week with. Uh, more entertainment news and event horizon main event horizon if you will Mm -hmm. and until then everything is possible but nothing is real and shakma shakma we should do shakma too we should it's on shutter now there we go
Chapois! Oh!